0: So while you're turning to John chapter 14, there's like these Hobby Lobby type signs that you can get from people, you know? They're like they're like the kind of signs where they're custom to your family where like my mom makes these things um, and she gets like a cricket machine and she cuts out like the letters that you want on your sign and then she, she puts those down as like stickers on the wood and then paints over it and then peels the stickers off and it makes a sign. And like she has one that was like First, there was us, and then it's like her, her name and my dad's name and their anniversary date. Um, and then it says, and then we had you, and then it has all the kids' names, and when we were born, and at the bottom it says, and now we have everything. You know, she just hangs that sign on the wall. You guys know those kinds of signs like that? They're like Hobby Lobby vibe signs, but they're custom ones. I feel like every mom has some version of a sign like that, right? I've seen signs like this before, that one of them is like in a lot of houses, Um, And it says, in this house, we... And then it's got a list of things. You guys ever seen those? Yeah. It's like, in this house, we hug hard. And we laugh loud. Yeah. Ours has, in this house, we serve tacos. Um, And it said salsa 24 7. That's awesome. That's amazing. I love that. Well, here's the deal. I feel like all of us, if we don't have those in our house, we probably at least know somebody who's got one in it, right? And what's the point of those signs? The point of those signs is they're funny. They're funny sometimes, but sometimes they're really sentimental and like serious, right? Um, And sometimes they're meant to like kind of try and capture. What the essence of a home is, right? And some of them are like, in this house, we um, we love hard, we we hug a lot, we we laugh hard. Like, what are some other things that you've seen on those that are like serious? We don't fight. We don't fight. We, we, apologize. we apologize. There's, there's, like, there's, there's tacos. I've seen some like in the bathrooms, like in boutiques or something uh-huh. that say like the rules about how you like go there.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Like the one in there, like the please remain seated for the yeah. whole Yeah. Yeah. Just like we love oh God. We we lot lot of- I've seen that one a lot. Serve the Lord. We, serve yeah. the Lord. Okay. We have, we have one that um, it's um a towel drawer, and on the front of it oh, yeah. it says um like times whenever you can use um these things. Oh, that's funny. After you do, after you do this. Yeah, that's funny. Like how long you have to stay in the shower to get in it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what I'm thinking of is specifically those signs that say, in this house, we, right? Because those signs are like a mom's way of saying, this is who our family is, all in one list, right? We all know it's not the whole thing, right? Because if my house had one of those, we would say, in this house, we watch Marvel movies, and we watch Bluey, and we eat barbecue meatballs and mac and cheese like every week, and we watch Bluey, and we, um, we do... Um, we work out, and we love basketball, and we love Texas A&M, and we love Texas Tech, and we fight about that sometimes, and we watch Bluey, and we watch Bluey, and we watch Bluey. Um, we watch a lot of Bluey. I love a and i A&M. I'm going to the Aggie game on Saturday. I'm so excited. But I start there because we are starting a series called Welcome Home, and it's all about Being a good friend as you follow Jesus. And the reason why we call it Welcome Home is because if, excuse me, if we are living our lives the way they were made to be lived, then a couple of things are true about us. Number one, we have a relationship with Jesus, which is kind of what we're talking about tonight. And then number two, if we have that relationship with Jesus and we're living life the way it should be lived, then we are going to be a part of a group of followers of Jesus. Do you guys know what a local group of followers of Jesus is called that meets all at the same place? A church. A church, exactly. And so the point of this this sermon series, we're going to talk for the next next five weeks technically, but we won't meet the Wednesday of Thanksgiving. So all through the month of November, we're going to talk about friendships among people who follow Jesus, and then what that looks like as we try to be middle schoolers who follow Jesus, and also how we make friends, and those kinds of things. Okay? And the first thing we need to understand is that God has set us up to be a part of his family. And if we are a part of God's family, then being a good friend and finding good friends is not only going to be difficult, it's going to be impossible. Because at some point, the friends that we pick will let us down, they will hurt us, and they will make mistakes. But and if those friends that are making those mistakes are also followers of Jesus, then we have a really good plan on how to move forward with those things. But if they're not, they may leave, they may do things that hurt um, and offend us even more than could happen with people who follow Jesus. Although I will tell you I've worked in a church long enough to know that people in the church ain't no better than anybody else. All we have as followers of Jesus is a good plan on how to handle the brokenness of being friends with other sinners. Because God gave it to us. It's in the Bible, right? So tonight, we're talking about the home that we want to welcome, or we want to make sure we feel welcome in, and that everyone around us is also welcome into. It's called the family of God. And Jesus even used the picture of a house to talk about it. So John chapter 14, we're going to read verses 1 through 4, um, and I've given you some time to turn there, and I didn't even turn there myself, so look at that, you got extra time. Um, John chapter 14, Jesus is um, talking to his followers, his disciples, right before he dies. This is the night before Jesus dies. And I've told you before that John chapter 13 through John chapter 17 is all one big speech that Jesus gives to his his disciples right before he goes to the cross. Actually, when they're done with this speech, they're going to get up out of the room they're in and leave to go down to the Garden of Gethsemane where Judas will betray Jesus. It's the very next thing that's happening after this speech. So Jesus is using this speech to his disciples to try and reassure them that when they wake up tomorrow and Jesus is on the cross and he's dying and the world goes dark and all the terrible things happen and it seems like everybody's against him, the whole world, that he still has power over death in the grave and they can be reassured in that. They don't really listen because on the next day, the only one that actually stays there with Jesus the whole time is John, which is ironic. We're reading his story, right? Or his version of the story. But Jesus is trying to reassure them. And one of the things they were afraid of is that at some point, God would run out of space for people who follow him. That there wouldn't be any left, right? And look what he says in John chapter 14. That's Luke chapter 14. Hold on. It said one Sabbath day, and I was like, "That is nope, that's not what I'm about to read. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, this is what he says, okay? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, and trust also in me. This is our big verse for tonight. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know, and he's telling you, you know right now, you already know the way to where I'm going. Will you all pray with me real quick, and we'll break this down together? Um, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this story. I pray, um, or this part of this story, I pray that we would listen to it well, that you would speak to us in it, um, and that you would give us um, a, a sense of confidence that we have a place in your home. So that when we go to um, interact with other people and, be, and make friends, um, we, can, we can know that, uh, that, that we're not just making friends, but we're inviting them into um, a family, um, just like you have invited us in pray for these students that you would speak to them, that you would teach them something, and that you would use me, and that I'd be helpful to them. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Here's tonight's big idea. You got your hand out. It's your gray box. Okay? God's house has room for all. All. Not just everyone. I thought about using everyone because our church's core value is everyone, but I wanted to use all on purpose. Okay? Because it carries a little bit of a different image. God's house has room for all. So here's what this means. God created people. I don't know if you knew that, but the Bible says God created people. And there are lots of reasons that don't even have to do with the Bible itself other than like studying it. Sources outside the Bible that show us the Bible itself is trustworthy. So when the Bible tells us that God made people, then it's a very trustworthy thing for us to read. And what it's telling us when it says that God made people is that God knows best what people need, right? We talk about this a lot, that following Jesus means trusting God as your savior, but also as your Lord, as your boss, that he is in control and that he leads us wherever we go. But over time, when God made us that way um, to be part of his family and to be in his house, things came in the world called sin, that led people to decide for themselves what was good and what was not. They made themselves. We made ourselves Lord and not God. And so now we've ended up in a place where everybody is broken because of the mistakes that we've made. There's pain everywhere that doesn't need to be be felt and experienced. And there's a lot of people mad at each other and cutting each other off. You guys ever had friends that told you they were your friends but now they don't even want anything to do with you? They've walked away forever? Or at least it seems like forever? Yeah? We feel that a little bit? Okay, that is part of what it means to live in a world full of sin when it comes to friendships, that those kinds of things happen. And when we come into a place like this and we say God's made us for his house and God has given us a place in his house. And Jesus says things like in my father's house, there are many rooms. It can be really easy to hear that statement and say, yeah, but what about that person? What about Hitler? Right? Mm -hmm. Does God's love and Jesus' sacrifice, is it big enough to allow Hitler in if Hitler were to have decided to follow Jesus? Yes. The logic is, yes, it's true. It could be. We don't know for sure if if Hitler did that. But Mm. there are serial killers in the world who have done awful, awful things, and God still let them in because at the end of the day, they chose to trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior because here's the deal. No matter how many sins you've done or how bad they sound to other people, at the end of the day, all of us ended up in a situation where God said, this is how the world should be, and this is what you should do. And we said, mm, no thanks, I'm going to do my own thing. That right there is sin. And it doesn't matter how many times you do it, doesn't matter how bad the one action is, they all go against a God who is never-ending, which means every time we sin, we sin against a never-ending God, which makes our sin never-ending too. Right? And there are lots of reasons to think that there might be um, a valid excuse for somebody to not be allowed into the family of God. But here's the deal. There are verses all over the Bible that tell us it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. What? Like Saul. Like Saul. Yeah, he's a great example. He didn't just kill people. He killed Christians on purpose. Because they were Christians. And then... God knocked him off his horse and said, you know, um, you really need to chill out. And I'm going to blind you for three days. And God didn't say it this way, but he just said, why are you persecuting me, right? Because all the things that Saul had been doing were actually going against Jesus. And God knocked him off his horse, blinded him for three days, um, and a guy named Ananias came in, which is not the same Ananias as another Ananias we talked about a couple weeks ago when we talked about lying. Not the same guy, just the same name. Um, But he came and he like rubbed scales off of Saul's eyes and he could see again. And now the person that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament is that guy, Saul. So anyway, point is this. It doesn't matter how bad things are messed up in your own life. God has a place for you in his family. It's it's just not negotiable because the way God lived his life or the way Jesus lived his life and especially the way he died and rose again is proof to us That Jesus, that God cares about every single person, every one of us having the opportunity to be brought back into the family of God. Because every time we sin before Jesus saves us, it pulls us away from being a part of the family of God. So, Jesus offers us a way back in. So, like we said, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. At the end of the day, none of our sins or the sins that have been done to us are so big that God can't forgive them. It's kind of like this. Okay? Have you guys ever seen The Lion King? Yes. Yes. Okay. It is a great movie. I love that movie. Yes. There is a moment in The Lion King where Simba is in the hot water, almost literally, Mm -hmm. because there's steam everywhere, right? And he's surrounded by hyenas, and he is about to get devoured, right, by these hyenas. And he steps up, and he roars, right? And at first, it's like a little cat meow, right? But then, he tries again, and it's like, blah, right? It's terrifying dad. roar. But it was not him. That's was right. His dad it him. was his dad behind him who he couldn't see. And here's why I'm talking about this. In those moments, the hyenas seem big and scary, right? But compared to Mufasa, Simba's dad, they're not. Right? His name is Mufasa. Mufasa! <laughs> Mufasa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it? Mufasa! Mufasa. Woo! Okay, anyways. Um, I love that movie. Um, the hyenas seemed big and scary. Our mistakes can seem big and scary to us sometimes because of the way they make us feel, right? And the consequences of them and the things we have to go through because of what we've done. But compared to God and His love and how, how powerful He is, they are nothing, right? Not only did the hyenas not really try to fight back because they kind of did for a second and then He just like went Poof! And like swipe them across the rocks, and they almost died. All right. What happened when he did that? They ran away. They ran away. Exactly. God looks at you because honestly, in Simba's case, in that moment, why was Simba in danger? Because he got himself into their land, right? Because he made a boneheaded mistake and didn't listen to his daddy, and went over there to the shadowy place. That he must never go to, Mufasa said, right? Yes. Goes so on, not our so, dad's son, Mufasa. right? Or whatever he said. He did not listen. And just like we don't listen to our father, no, he God, listened, he listened to Scar, which Scar is sin. Mm, Scar represents temptation to sin. Yeah. Because it wasn't sin until Simba did it, right? It it wasn't sin it. until Simba did it. So here's the deal it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you've been. So let's put this into practical pr- perspectives, okay? How many of you guys would be like, oh yeah, I have a relationship with Jesus. I trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior at some point in my life. Yeah? It's okay. Don't have to raise your hand. Just seeing how many people would identify with this. Okay? If that's you, then that means if you go to Brock, you don't get to say that Peaster kids are bad. Exactly, Kimberly. <laughs> Hold on. It also means that if you go to Peaster, you don't get to say the Brock kids that's are conceited. Exactly. I think and Brock full is of themselves. I think they're is they're okay? great. It also means... That if you go to Weatherford, you don't get to look down on all the other schools because they're so small. Or whatever else. Right? Your football team might be doing great this year, but historically, let's be honest, it's not been great. Right? Okay? But if you go to Millsap... You don't get to say, hey, we don't have as many issues as all the other school systems do because we got a better school district. Because I hear that a lot about Millsap. I mean, right? I do. If you go to one for Christian or TCA, you don't get to be like, oh, I'm better than all these public school kids because I Hold go up. to Christian school. Please, tell, please, please tell me. Tell me with a straight face, right to my face, that your Christian school kids are better behaved and actually trust Jesus more than the people who go to public school. No. no it's no. not true. I know some public school. Right? It's not true. What about and if you're homeschooled, you don't get to be like, well, we escape all that negative, terrible thing, all those terrible things because we do homeschool um, and we get to set the tone for how things go. It's your siblings for crying out loud. I yes, didn't get along with, with anybody with as bad as I, I got along with that. my siblings. Right? I agree with you. It was awful. And if you're a homeschooled That's just an only child. I also didn't get along with my parents very well either. Okay, there are moments in all of our lives, in the circles that we run in, and the friend groups that we're a part of, where we ignore the things that are not good and say, Those people don't get to be a part of what I'm doing because they're different from me. We do it all the time, right? You don't know, you want to know like how bad this gets. And my hometown, I, I went to a high school called Pinckneyville. Can y'all say Pinckneyville? Pinckneyville. It sounds so weird. But all it is, it's named after a guy whose last name was Pinckney. P-I-N-C-K-N-E-Y. If you ever get a chance, look up the Declaration of Independence on Google and zoom in on the signatures. There's a guy named Charles Pinckney who signed the Declaration of Independence. The town is named after him. Okay. Next to, to Pinckneyville, just to the southeast a little bit, is a town called Ducoin. Okay. DuCoin, they're red and black, they're the Indians. Pinkneyville, where I went to, we're like North Carolina colors, like light blue and white, and we were the Panthers. It was really cool actually. It looked really neat. Um, but Pinkneyville and DuCoin are like super bitter rivals. There's a there's a creek that goes through the middle of the county called Bucku Creek. And um, Pinkneyville's on the west side and Ducoin's on the east side. And so every time Pinkneyville and DuCoin play, play against each other in any sport, they always call it the Battle of the Baku, for some reason. Um You guys ever heard a French person called Merci Beaucoup before? It it just means, like, thank you very much. That word Beaucoup at the end, it's the same word for that creek. It's just they pronounce it Baku for some reason. Anyways, uh, Pinckneyville and Ducoin are bitter rivals. And I have a family member, not in my house growing up, like siblings or or mom or dad, but, like, a family member that was, like, related on the outside of that who would not drive through Pinckneyville because he was from Duquoin. Anytime he had to go somewhere on the other side of Peaneeville, he would find a way around it. He wouldn't drive through it. Because they hit this so somewhere. I guess. The rivalry was just so intense or in his he heart. Scared, like, and here's the deal. I've like sat at those Brock and Peaster games. Were you at our okay? last one? That was no, I was not at the last one. one. Was, but I'm, I'm trying to make a thing. point here. It is really easy in this county to say my school and my people and my part of the community are the best. And all the other people are not good. Now, I want you to think for just a second. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you come to this place, we're currently in the room. I see Homeschool, Peaster, Hall, uh, Jacksboro. I see um, TCA. I see uh, Brock. There's normally Millsap in here, um, if I'm missing that. Um, there's normally uh, there's Alito here sometimes. There's yes, Weatherford Christian know. here sometimes. Right. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you go to one of those schools, and then you come here and you see people from those places, and you say, "Oh, I could never be friends with them because they go there, or because they do that, or because they they I, they." In the game the other night, this kid said this, and I heard it, and I mean, I can't I can't get over that. Or, well, I'm not I'm not a public school or a private school kid. I'm a homeschool kid, so I'm not going to interact with all the public school kids. Like, honestly. If we're thinking that way, which it might sound crazy to some of you, but I promise it's happening more than we want to admit. That we're sectioning ourselves off from each other because we we're, they're different from us. That's exactly what the Bible says not to do. There's a passage in the book of Acts where it lists a group of people who were leaders in the church. And it says it says in that list, that there was a guy who was from North Africa, it specifically listed that he had dark skin. Because back then, they would use that as a reason to say, hey, you shouldn't be part of the group. And then they, they listed a guy who was Jewish. And then they listed a guy who had been a Roman centurion before. And then they listed a guy who was um, a Jewish guy who was part of this group called the Zealots. You guys ever heard of Simon the Zealot before? No. no. He was a follower of Jesus, one of, the, one of the 12 disciples, Simon the Zealot. Not Simon that got changed to Peter. He, that's another Simon um but simon the zealot was part of a group of people who were literally trained to be assassins to kill romans to fight back against the romans they would hide in the shadows and then when romans would come through they would jump in and kill them and then run away or they would go into a crowd where there's roman guards with a knife in their in their cloak and they'd walk by that roman guard and cut him and then they'd move on so that nobody would know who he was because they were in a crowd. There was a zealot in that group. So not only did we have um, somebody whose skin color was a reason why they would say he, they, he couldn't be a part of the group, but also someone whose religion would keep them out a part of the group, and then somebody whose political belief would keep them out of the group, um, and then somebody whose um, job, because he was a Roman centurion, would also have kept him out of the group. So there's literally every reason why people say, no, I'm not going to be close to that person. God was like, mm, we're going to make these guys the leader of the church so that nobody has an excuse. Right? <laughs> And it's so important to know as we read that part that those things are true about those people so we can see that it's not just a list of names. It's very different people that shouldn't have gotten along. It would be like saying this. It would be like saying that the mayor of Austin, Texas oh, no. and the mayor of Weatherford, Texas mayor here? were best friends. No, no. You feel that? You feel that no. in your no. gut? No. He may. Never mind. I don't know either But that's the, the point. That's the whole point. Jesus says there are more than enough rooms in my father's house. I'm going to tell you this right now. When we get to heaven, you're going to see people there that you don't want to be there. You should prepare yourself for that. When I first got here, there are girls who are not in middle school anymore who were part of a small group that um, were talking about who was going to go to heaven and who wasn't going to go to heaven and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, somebody went, Wait, you mean I'll see Donald Trump in heaven? Which, if Donald Trump has, is really a believer like he says he is, then yeah, we will. Yes. And that, that girl was like, oh no, right? Because clearly she disagreed with him on some things. And so, the point is this. You're going to maybe feel a little twist in your gut when you see some people in heaven that you didn't think should be there. Like what, Bible? Because you know who else should not be there? You. 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 If you're thinking of that, bad, That's you right. should be there. That's right. (laughs) Listen, here's the best news out of all of this. This is blank number one, the first white blank. The family of God is open to you. Jesus goes, there's more than enough room in my father's house. And if it wasn't true, why would I have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you? Because earlier in his story, he told the disciples, I'm going to go prepare a place for you to live one day when you die. And then later on, they're starting to have second thoughts. And they're like, wait, really? Is everybody going to make it in? Or is this is what's going to be happen here. And Jesus goes, why would I have told you I was going to prepare a place for you if there wasn't enough room for you when you were coming? I'm going to make enough room for all kinds of people to be a part of the family of God. The family of God is open to you. It is not worth it for us to entertain the thoughts that say we don't have a place with God, that we've messed up too much. It's not worth it for us to think those things. Because if we continue to think those things about ourselves, it will be that much easier for us to do a couple things. Number one, miss out on what God has for us. Number two, think that other people have gone too far to be a part of the family of God. And number three, miss out on the cool friendship that comes from being a follower of Jesus who trusts Him and recognizes ain't none of us got no business being in heaven other than Jesus gave us the gift to be there. You like saying hate. I love saying hate. That's so, right. It's not a real word. I do. It is a real word, it's in the dictionary. It is. Look it up. Prove me wrong, Christine. All right. Listen. If you hear thoughts in your mind that say, "I've messed up too much for God to love me," "I can't be a part of His family," "It's not part," "It's not possible," or "I don't have a place there," "I'm not the right kind of person," "It's not for me," or maybe that um, "Now you just can't get in." Like you, you could try, but there's just not gonna. It's just not gonna work out if you were to try. All of those thoughts are lies from the devil. They're not true. The good news is that God wants all to come to know him. There is a verse that God, where Jesus says, um, or maybe it's in Romans, where it's the will of God that all should come to repentance and that none should die. That God doesn't want anybody to have to die without him um, in, in their life. So here's the deal. If, if our sins separate us from God and they, they kick us away from home, what's the way home, right? How do we make it home? Because Jesus told them in verse 4, you know the way to where I'm going. And he just told them the place he's going is to prepare prepare a place for them in his father's house, right? So what's the way home? Here's the way home. If you skip down in John 14 to verse 12, Jesus kind of wraps everything up for them and gives them this command right here. John chapter 14, verse 12. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the father. Over the next couple weeks in this series, we're going to talk about what it looks like to be a part of God's family. How friends, brothers and sisters in God's family interact with each other and how we treat each other. And one of the things we're going to talk about is how they don't distract each other by uh, by pulling our attention away from Jesus and focusing on things that aren't good for us. Good friends who are part of the family of God and they're going to build you up are not going to pull your attention away from Jesus. They're going to push your attention toward Jesus. And we're going to talk about how um, good, good friends who are brothers and sisters in the family of God handle conflict with each other the way God wants us to handle conflict. So whenever you've got a problem with somebody, you're not going to go behind their back and start gossiping about them or telling lies about them um, or just straight up saying things about them that hurt them to other people or hurting them to their face on purpose. None of those things. There is a biblical, wise, really good way to handle conflict, and we're going to talk about that. And my favorite that we're going to do when we're going to end up in First John, one of y'all asked about earlier, we will end up in First John at the end of the series, and we're going to talk about how good friends who are part of the family of God, brothers and sisters in God's family, walk in the light. They don't have anything to hide. They're honest. And honestly, all of those things are moments where you have to choose. Am I going to choose to do the things in my life the way God wants me to, the way Jesus says, or am I going to do them my way? And if we all continue to do them my way, then friendships in middle school will continue to be the single most stressful thing about middle school. Because they are right now. But they don't have to be. Right? How many of you guys would say that middle school would be a completely different place if all of your friendships worked out well and you didn't have any conflict with them? And you would actually enjoy middle school a lot more. Right? Okay. We are going to work together over the next few weeks to make that vision a reality. Among this group of people. But we have to understand first and foremost. What we are inviting friends into. That's the family of God. And the family of God. Believes Jesus. That's the last blank. The way home is by believing Jesus. The way home is believing Jesus. How many of you guys have ever done a trust fall before? Yeah? How many of you guys have tried to get somebody to do a trust fall but they won't do it? How do you feel about that when they when they act that way? Yeah. Why? Because they don't, because they don't trust, you. trust you. Okay. So what if they say, no, no, I believe you'll catch me. I believe you'll catch me, but they still don't fall. I don't know. What does that make you think? They're, They're lying. lying. They're lying. So that means something interesting because how many of you guys, if I asked you you believe in God, would raise your hand and say, yeah, I believe in God. I believe God exists yeah okay how many of you guys keep your hand up if you would say i believe jesus knows what's best for me okay keep your hand up if the decisions that you make actually prove that you believe jesus knows what's best for you that you never do something wrong against what jesus has said because it seems like the right thing for you to do uh see what never okay yeah do you see what i'm trying to say here We can say we believe Jesus knows best for us, but our actions will reveal the truth, right? Belief is not a single moment in time where you say, yep, I acknowledge that Jesus is my savior and he's my boss. That's not what belief means. Belief means you put your foot on the water and start walking to Jesus, even though the water should make you sink, right? (laughs) Belief means you act like He knows what he's talking about. Right? I very firmly believe... Believe. And our church teaches that at some moment in your life... And we teach this because the Bible teaches this. You acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. And you believe in that way. That he rose from the dead. Right? That you are saved. We We do believe that there is a moment like that in everybody's life. But if we do believe those things about Jesus then we need to make sure our actions back that up and prove that we believe it, right? And so I'm not trying to make anybody in this room think, well, maybe I don't know Jesus. Maybe I don't have a relationship with Jesus because my actions tell me different. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about everyday life. Do people around you know you believe Jesus is what's, knows what's best for you because of the way you act, or are you confusing them? And honestly, probably confusing yourself. The way home, the way into the family of God, or not, not into, let me back up. The way to feel connected to the family of God is to believe Jesus. That's the way home, right? The way to feel at home is to believe Jesus and do the things he said to do, which is what we're going to talk about. Get together. Don't neglect getting together. Be at church with other believers. Be outside of church with other believers. Do the things he said together. Pray together. Handle conflict the way he said to handle conflict. Don't gossip about each other behind your backs. Be honest in front of each other and walk in the light. All of those things. And we're going to talk about them over the next few weeks. But for now... What if sometimes like the honesty is going to hurt you? Sometimes the scalpel hurts in surgery, but we still need it. Right? I have a highlight on my Instagram account that's called truth hurts You actually? I do okay. because sometimes the truth does hurt here's the truth we're all sinners in need of a savior yep. uh-huh. we have utterly messed up our lives to the point that we cannot fix it here's the truth our sin sends us to a place called hell that's dark and scary. painful and scary full of death the bible calls it a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth do you know what gnashing of teeth means yep. <sighs> like this like like there's things coming to you going like this that's literally what it means yeah like a haunted house yeah <sighs> but like <laughs> not a haunted house like stuck there forever yeah right and some people were like well, Why would a good god who loves people send people to hell yeah do you know why because they choose it the Bible says that all good and perfect things come down from God and God alone. So, you guys like happiness? Yeah. Yes. It yeah. yeah. like yes. yes. It comes from God. You like love? Yes. Yeah. It comes from God. Do you like satis- like feeling satisfied and not hungry or yeah. wanting or needing anything? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Satisfaction comes from God. Like the... Contentment. I mean, Trust. I mean, Everything good. Everything good. So if we say, "Mm, no, God, I don't want you. I want my own way. Then he'll say, okay, you can have it. But we don't know what we're asking for when we say that because he will send us to a place where he is not. And that's the reality. And that truth hurts. But it's also true that Jesus says it doesn't matter if that's where you are right now. You can choose to trust Jesus as your Lord, boss, and your Savior, hero, and you will have that relationship with him that will save you from that place that you are headed to if you don't want Jesus. And that's the truth. So if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, come talk to me. Come talk to Sarita. Come talk to Kevin, Tim, Amanda, any of the adults in this room. Anybody who raised their hand and said they're a follower of Jesus. Because guess what? All they have to show you is is that you got to admit that you're a sinner, believe that that Jesus rose from the dead, and confess that he's the boss of your life. And you will have a relationship with him. And anybody who knows that for themselves can also share that with somebody else. right? You can talk to any of us that have a relationship with Jesus. We don't want you to leave this place, headed toward that place, without a game plan. Because Jesus is offering it to you. There are more than enough rooms in, in the Father's house. And if we don't get this, then when we talk about all the other things with friendships, then it doesn't matter what we talk about there. because the whole point of good friendships and good interactions between people, it's all based on that those two people should have a relationship with Jesus. Because if one of them doesn't, or if both of them doesn't, both of them don't, then the whole game changes on what we do and why we do it. Okay? I'm excited for this series. I think we all need some help figuring out how to find friends, right? And how to be a good friend. And still be a Christian. Exactly. The good news is that God's got a home for us, and we get to experience a little of it right here on earth with his people. And if we get this right, then these next four weeks are going to set us up for really cool friendships, um, not only for the rest of the year, but for the rest of our lives. Okay? I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to be done at 734. i'm okay with that all right here we go it's a little earlier than normal yeah all right here we go father thank you for this group of students thank you for the friendships that you're going to strengthen in this series thank you for the relationships that you have started between these students and yourself um, and the adults and yourself i pray for anybody in this room who doesn't have a relationship with you god that you would just help them to have the confidence um, to come and talk to somebody um, or maybe not even the confidence, but just the willingness, um, and uh, that they wouldn't leave this place dead And they're sin, that they would leave alive in you. Um, for those that do have a relationship with you, God, I pray that you help them understand um, that they didn't deserve um, that spot in your family, but you gave it to them anyway, and so that helps us to love the people around us really well um, and patiently. We love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.